When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Hey listeners, it's Phil Mackey. We're talking Minnesota sports five days a week on Mackey and Judd with Rami. Available on Apple, Spotify, the Score North app, or anywhere else you find podcasts. If you're tight on time today and you can only listen to one segment from today's show, here it is. Um, but it was really interesting and really kind of fun um, as a fan and then fun as a friend to see a friend obviously finally get that big, big contract that he that he wanted. And then as a fan to sort of see how it works in the ins and outs of, you know, contracts and speaking of uh, other teams and where they were and stuff. I don't want to break his trust, but but um, the Twins were were uh, far ahead um, uh, ahead of any any other team for sure. That was Marty Fish on Score North Live today. And if you are not familiar with Marty Fish, we'll tell you exactly who he is and the role he played in getting Josh Donaldson to the Minnesota Twins in the scoop with Darren Doogie Wolfson, who's in the TCL broadcast studios, along with me, Rami Makloff, and Judd Zolgad here on Mackie and Judd with Rami. But real quick, before we get to that, and Doogie, feel free to jump in on this. Uh, there's been an active scene outside of Antonio Brown's home with a police presence for the last couple of hours, and there were not a lot of clear info as to what was going on, except that there was an assault being investigated in Brown's home. Well, during the break, TMZ Sports put this out. Police are trying to now convince Antonio Brown to surrender peacefully while they pursue an arrest warrant for alleged uh, felony, battery, and burglary involving a driver for a moving company, per TMZ Sports. Man, oh man. Hello, gentlemen. I mean, I guess my only thought on this is I hope he gets the professional help he so sorely That's where I'm at on this, too. Because I think the other side of it is, if he doesn't, he is going to be dead soon enough. Yeah, or or he's going to seriously hurt or affect somebody else in his life, if not both of those things. The Antonio Brown thing was funny and intriguing for a while, and in these last couple of weeks, maybe a month, it's just gotten sad and scary, and it's clear that this dude needs some help that he is not seeking out. Correct, and you know what? I mean, mental illness is a real thing. You know, I don't know if you guys saw the Delante West story, the former yeah, NBA player. Also, super sad. Yeah, I mean, he is home. Well, it certainly has the appearance of a video that was that was put on social media by a police officer in the Washington D.C. area yesterday. Mm-hmm. You know, he's shirtless. He got beat up in the street or in some intersection, and he's rambling. I mean, it's clear as day that Delante West needs all sorts of help. And I mean, there was a video going back months. I think it was either in New Orleans or Houston. It doesn't matter where it was, but. You know, that he was walking around aimlessly, you know, shoeless, you know. So, I mean, we've known for quite some time that the former NBA player needed some serious help. 
You know, so that got me thinking, you know, when you just brought up Antonio Brown of, of what I saw yesterday with Delonte West. But yeah, I mean, I just, I hope both of them, West and Brown, get the help that they so badly need. Yeah, this is super sad. Uh, you actually were in for Rami today on Score North Live, and we heard the clip coming in. Marty Fish, uh, is he still a professional tennis player, or is he a tennis pro at this point? Well, he's actually, he's the captain of the Davis Cup United States okay. team, so he's still involved. Okay. But professionally speaking, as a player, yep. he is done. He actually competes more so as a golfer now. So he plays in all these it must different be nice. events, like over the weekend. There it must be nice to be that talented event. Oh, absolutely. I mean, 38 years old. That's us, right, Dukes? I mean, he's one of the best U.S. born. <laughs> yeah, you and I. Absolutely. Yeah. Go I, mean, out, I think about yeah, the play, Athletes play Challenge, little, you shooting you know, three-pointers. Play a little tennis, sometimes <laughs> play a little golf. Very comparable. Croquet, Doogie and Judd. Uh, but his comments on Donaldson and the signing were very intriguing. Uh where do we stand right now, too, as far as this, A, I guess, officially being done, and B, as far as uh, Donaldson being introduced to the media with Twins Fest starting on Friday and Saturday, correct? Yes. So Donaldson arrived into town yesterday. I was told he was going to go through all sorts of extensive medical testing today, which makes sense. I mean, 34 years old, with the injury history he has, that's not a real easy physical you know, it's multiple medical tests. What's the concern do you think? Or the biggest I don't know concerns? if there's one specific concern. It's just, I mean, you, you want need to, be to go thorough. through right. a very thorough process sure. when committing $92 million yeah. to somebody. So I think if all goes well, and I don't have any reason to believe that it won't, that at some point before the day is over, now it might be 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock. I don't think it'll be as late as 10 o'clock. But at some point in the next few hours, the Twins should make the announcement that Josh Donaldson is a done deal. With news of a news conference tomorrow, the number one goal I was told was 11 a.m. It could be noon, it could be 1 o'clock. But at some point tomorrow, late morning, early afternoon, there should be a media introduction, Josh Donaldson being introduced to, to all of us. And back to Fish, by the way. So he connected with Donaldson at one of these celebrity golf classics a few years ago. Just randomly went up to Josh said, hey, you know, I'm Marty Fish. Don't know if you know who I am. You know, And Marty's one of the best U.S.-born Tennis players in history. You know, didn't win a major, but came close. Made it to the quarterfinals at Wimbledon. You know, quarterfinals of, of, I believe, the U.S. Open, maybe the Australian Open. But multiple majors. And he's won some, you know, smaller events. You know, injuries got the best of him, is my understanding. So he retired, you know, from from competing professionally, tennis-wise, a, a few years ago. But he's still involved, you know. I mean, captain of the, of the Davis Cup team. But he's this really good golfer, like... He is good enough. Like, I think he made a run a few years ago at qualifying school. Came really close. Like, he is that good. Over the weekend, John Smoltz beat him. Beat him by a couple strokes. I mean, many, many players. He finished second in the Celebrity Golf Classic, but Donaldson was down there. So he hung out with Donaldson. You know, actually, this time last week is when about the news broke. It was about 6.30, 7 o'clock last Tuesday. You know, Marty, and I'm sure the interview is podcastable. I'm sure it's available on on scorenorth.com. I mean, he was great for, for 20 minutes. Had nothing to do with my line of questioning. I mean, he's just, he's just that good of a guy and, and that much of a, of a great conversationalist. But yeah, I mean, he laid out his relationship with Josh and the role he played. And he said, so last Tuesday in the morning in Orlando, he plays this, this practice round with Josh and Josh, you know, finally cracked at some point, you know, late morning, early afternoon. So Marty's like, I had this news 
But I had to keep it to myself because I reached out to my dad, but my dad isn't on Twitter, you know, really doesn't know anybody. So he felt comfortable telling his dad the news. But yeah, Marty, Marty knew of, of Josh's commitment to the Twins at about, you know, noon last Tuesday, many hours before the story broke. Did he tell you how much convincing it took or how much Josh Donaldson, you know, was, he probably doesn't know a lot about the Minnesota area, was hesitant in terms of committing to moving his, his family and his whole life here to Minnesota? Yeah, I mean, he said there was there was some back and forth about that. Now, you know, Marty actually moved away from here when he was one or two years old. Mm-hmm. You know, still visits when he can, but really, I mean, he's he's a Florida guy who now resides in Los Angeles. You know, considers himself a diehard Minnesota sports fan, still has allegiances here, but really, I mean, he hasn't spent, you know, a considerable amount of time here in the Twin Cities for many, many years. But yeah, I mean, he offered up as, as much advice as he could, but I mean, he just said it in the soundbite we played coming into this segment. I mean, you know, nobody else was really close to the Twins' offer. You know, he even said, you know, Atlanta might not have even really been in it. Did you that know, surprise I think, you? I think there's some some bad reporting on on the Braves' involvement in all this. Well, I think that I think those misinformation campaigns are very deliberately put out there sometimes. Oh, of course they are during yes. negotiations by agents, Doogie. That one hundred percent. That's that's where the mystery team came from. That Scott Boris invented the mystery team just to just to up the bidding when it comes to one of his clients, like a Josh Donaldson. And I mean, I think the Braves were involved, but I mean, I guess I just don't even know if they went to a fourth year. You know, how much money were they truly offering? I mean, you know, the sense is they were not even in the. In the same, you know, stratosphere. And jo- Josh as, grew as up the Twins. Josh grew up a Braves fan and definitely had interest in going back there as well, right? So it made sense to at least pretend that the Braves were still in the hunt if they were, you know, interested but on the outside a bit. Correct. Yeah, I mean, Josh is from Alabama. He's an Auburn guy. Yeah. You know, so actually might have been born in Pensacola, but he's got ties to that area. Yes, you're right. That that you know his allegiance going way back was. Was with the Braves, but yeah, I mean Marty. Marty was great. I mean, you know, I didn't know that Josh's girlfriend is from Toronto. You know, Josh has a girlfriend that that resides in Toronto. So I mean, he's you know he played in Toronto. So I mean, he's used to a cold climate. And really, I mean, baseball wise, you know, maybe for a week or two in April, it could be bad. Mm, last but this year isn't like, the NBA. Toronto does have a roof, though, right? That's true. There? Toronto did put a roof on yeah, it. Yeah, thanks, so. Doogie, for going down that path. <laughs> you didn't have to deal with the elements. In Might as well rip Doogie. off the bandaid right now. Uh, but yeah, it was it was a fun conversation. But yeah, I mean, I just it was fascinating to me just how close those two are, you know. And Marty told me behind the scenes, like he put some stuff out on on Twitter, you know. But he goes, trust me, I mean, just text messaging. He goes, I mean, I was blowing up Josh's phone at one point. Just Josh didn't text back to me, and that's when he found out, you know, Josh said he was up in in Canada visiting uh, his girlfriend's family or what have you. So apparently, Josh said he wasn't getting cell service or or something like that. But but yeah, it was great. Just Marty, you know, Marty and Josh being being that close. I'd like to switch to Wolves, Dukes. Um, they're playing terribly, so not focusing the on the on the court product. Carl Anthony Towns, after he came back and played last week, I believe it was on Friday, the first game back after a fifteen game absence or so, he had some interesting comments on the road to a specific group of the people that that cover the team and travel mm-hmm. about sort of we're not going to turn this into another circus and gong show. I I like the team. I don't ever think he specifically came out and said, I'm thrilled here. Uh, how do you read those comments, and what do you think is going on here as things on the court definitely disintegrate? Towns is now back. 
But just trying to read through those comments, I didn't know exactly what to make of them. He he wasn't creating a cluster bleep necessarily, but I found those comments, which were very thorough. I, I think it was three paragraphs worth of comments that the Chris Hines Star Tribune had to be intriguing. Well, yes, intriguing. Also, one heck of a coincidence that Towns is back the same you know, first game that Jeff Teague is no longer yes, here. That's another interesting point. Now, my understanding is Teague was never a pain in the you-know-what. You know, was a professional in many ways. But on the court, and even, I mean, off the court, I mean, those two just, they didn't hang out or vibe at all. You know, but I'm just saying. But I mean, it's more Towns of a style and, thing, right? Teague, just not a match at all. So okay. I just, it was very interesting that Towns is back. And he would have been back days prior if, if this illness didn't hit him. You know, so there might have been one or two games there with Jeff, but yeah, make no mistake, no love lost on the court between Teague and Towns. On the comments, I guess I read it like this. I mean, there's not a thing this franchise does without Towns having his fingerprints on it. Doesn't mean they're doing everything he says or recommends, but he is aware of everything. They have empowered him. He did not have that at all under Tom Thibodeau. But Ryan, I mean, they communicate all the time. I mean, he heads over to Ryan's house in the West Metro, just drops by, hangs out. So you believe him when they he, go to church together? When he shoots down the rumors that he's not happy here, which he he finally did, and not that he was avoiding cameras or reporters, he wasn't playing, and so he wasn't he didn't have media uh, responsibilities during that time necessarily. Finally, on Friday when he returned to the court, he basically came out and said that there's nothing to these rumors that. He's not happy here in, in Minnesota and tried to shoot all that down. You think he's 100% telling the truth when he says that? I think for the most part he is. Now, I mean, you know me, journalism 101, why is this person lying to me? Mm-hmm. I do take him at face value when he has said in the past that, you know, the promises he made Flip Saunders, he wants to do his best to live up to. I do think more than anywhere else, he'd like to win here. That being said, am I convinced if it's like this in a year, year and a half, that this won't turn into an Anthony Davis situation, I'm not ready to go there. I mean, I'm not convinced that that just because Towns is under contract for five years that it doesn't get to the point of him asking out. But are we to that point right now? No, absolutely not. How quickly can we, or how much time will he give this to decide, do you think, too? Because this is... This is a work in progress. This is a team that's playing a style that, at least in 2019-20, guys, does not fit their personnel at all. So this is going to be... This was never going to be a quick fix. The The fast start was a bit of a a fool's gold type of deal. It was. I mean, just based so on... So how I mean, long look at did he give this beat. thing? And I fell for it, hook, line, and sinker. Well, it was hard not to. It was exciting, and they were playing well. And, and some guys, when they play well, can have really good games. Wiggy! who's now back to sort of being Wiggy. But all of that being said, I'm just curious because if Towns is is dead set on a year and a half from now, this is going to be changed. I think it could be improved, Dukes. I don't know what's changed, though, completely. Yeah, although, I mean, that's why they want his guy, D'Angelo Russell. Like, you could argue, is Russell a good fit here? And I don't see a path where you end up with Russell where Andrew Wiggins goes out. Now, maybe there would be a different Wiggins trade later on. But I think if if there was a path to acquiring Russell, you'd have Russell Wiggins and Towns. That is a horrible threesome. That just that doesn't make a lot of sense. Right. I don't know how you would win. But that's Carl Anthony Towns' guy. 
You know, and that's the path to satisfying him Andrew to keeping gone, him here for a long time. Could they jettison Andrew to keep Cat happy by getting Russell? I don't know how you move Wiggins without attaching at least one, if not multiple, sweeteners. So after this year, it's what, three years, about $96 million left on that contract? Yep. He's had his moments this year. Yep. And all it takes is one GM, one team, one GM convincing, you know, the, the ownership group, hey, you know, he just needs a change of scenery. You know, this guy's an all-star. I just don't know if that team is out there. I don't. Unless you're adding a first-round pick, multiple first-round picks, or you're attaching, you know, an asset like Jarrett Culver or or Josh Okogi. I mean, I won't sit here and tell you it's impossible to move Andrew Wiggins. I firmly believe you can move any contract. Just depends on how many assets you want to attach to it. They could move Andrew Wiggins, but what else are you adding into that? You know, and I still don't even know if I see a logical path to D'Angelo Russell. I mean, Covington. And what else? I was just going to ask. How- like, if Golden State truly puts him on the market, they're not to that point. I, I have I have zero sense that Golden State, this moment, is at the point of shopping D'Angelo Russell. Mm-hmm. I would be shocked if D'Angelo Russell is traded before the February 6th deadline. In the summer? Okay. Sure. Or this time next year? Sure. I mean, I don't think D'Angelo Russell satisfies all four years of his Warriors contract. I think at some point, he does get traded. I don't think it's right now. But yeah, I mean, if if Golden State, you know, when in my mind they get to that point of of listening to offers and, and actively shopping him, they will have multiple suitors. I are just the, don't know how the Wolves could make the best offer. Are the Wolves actively shopping Covington, whether it's for Russell or anybody else? I don't know about active. I mean, we're getting into semantics. I can't tell you the league knows one hundred percent that Covington can be had. Okay, the price is very high, as well it should be. Right. I mean, there are concerns about his knee. He's had multiple surgeries on that knee, but. He's held up really well this year. He can guard multiple positions. He's got multiple years left on a really good contract. He is a really good player. So, yeah, I mean, I was told, I mean, if you look at the top 12 in the NBA, the top six in the Eastern Conference, the top six in the Western Conference, just about all those teams have checked in at some point. I don't know if the Wolves are real close at this moment to making a trade, but I guess I would not be surprised as we get closer to February 6th if we hear his name more and more. Before we wrap up, anything on the uh, search for coordinators for the Vikings? I still think they go internal. Okay. Adam Zimmer. And, I mean, I guess the thing I'm curious about is, can Mike Zimmer convince Gary Kubiak to take on that title of offensive coordinator? Then he meets the media every Thursday. I mean, is he ready for for that sort of responsibility? If not, then I think quarterback's coach Gary's son, Clint Kubiak, Makes a lot of sense. I guess I will be surprised if they hire external. I think the hires, defensive coordinator and offensive coordinator, come internally. By the way, do we have a little breaking news on MLB Network? Uh, we do. We have the... My back is to it. And I was taking pictures of it we just to make thing. sure I had record. The final... I thought you were taking pictures of me. That too, dude. That's what it looked like, and I got really uncomfortable. Yeah, we'll see. Yes. <laughs> and you should have been too. Final <laughs> voting results for the 2020 BBWAA Hall of Fame balloting. Uh, Derek Jeter gets in with 99.7%. Somebody didn't vote for him. Of the Hall of Fame vote. <laughs> Somebody withheld a vote. And uh, you know what? I don't hate that. I think Derek Jeter was just a touch overrated. And Larry Walker gets in with 76.6% of Good. the vote. And his final appearance on the ballot. I don't I don't think Larry Walker is a Hall of Famer, but... He's a Hall of Famer. As long as Kurt Schilling, time, but Roger was, Clemens, yeah. Barry Bonds, and the rest of the cheaters aren't on this. And Kurt Schilling isn't a cheater. I don't want him in for completely different reasons. But as long as those guys didn't get in, I'm not going to raise a big stake. How close stake. do they get? 
Um, yeah, do you have the percentage? So it's 75% of the vote needed. Yes, what's the bottom? The voting system is flawed. When a guy like Vin Scully doesn't have a vote, the voting oh, is a it's, joke. It's baseball, baseball writers only. School, it's, yeah, and people thought, don't even get me started on on how ridiculous the voting process is for the Baseball Hall of Fame. People thought the PED guys might have the support that they needed yeah, to get in this year because it's, it's sort of been growing year by year as far as Clemens and, and Bonds go. What did Bonds get? Clemens got 61%. Bonds got 60.7%. They're still not even close oh, to the Bonds threshold. Fell. They're not even close to the threshold. What did Bonds get, get last in. year? I was going to say, what's the increase from 2019? Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't because I don't, if they keep I'll creeping up. I think eventually both could get over the 75 percent threshold. Meanwhile, Omar Vizquel, who I know has a a a, a large uh, group behind him, saying he should be a Hall of Famer, I would disagree. He got 52.6 percent. Yeah, your guy Jason Stark is is on that bandwagon. Bill, that Omar Vizquel should be in. Yes. Bill Mazeroski's in, boys. Bill Mazeroski's in, and Bill, Bill's in for two things. One is his glove was fantastic, and two what was the home run. In what game seven against the Yankees in sixty one? Is that correct? And that's why Bill's don't in. Don't look at me. But Bill's largely in because yeah, but, of his gloves. So that's why people. No, I'm. I'm just saying, the the Vizquel push is real because of that. And my argument against a case like that always is, and people will make the same argument with with Barry Bonds and say, worse guys than Barry Bonds are in the Hall of Fame. Why are we keeping him out now? And I will say, just because just because they've gotten it wrong in the past. Doesn't mean I want him to get it wrong now. Like if if who did you say it was Bill Me- Mazeroski? If he didn't deserve to be in, Great don't let Omar Vizquel in because some other guy who didn't deserve to be in got in. Like that's not. We shouldn't be measuring oh, on the past. Yeah, we should just be measuring on whether or not their merits warrant them getting into the Hall of Fame. Let's not repeat the mistakes of our past. Let's not look back and go, well, this guy was a cheater and he got in, or this guy was a racist or a woman beater and he got in. This guy was a subpar player, but he got in. No, let's just vote on what we know now and the merits of these guys and whether or not they deserve to be in. 1960 World Series has his home run in games seven uh, off of Ralph Terry of the Yankees in the bottom and of the ninth. And it's a legendary call. I, just, yes. I couldn't pinpoint yes, the exact year. Uh, yeah, no, it's a good topic. And it is, uh, I've gotten to the point now where, I I like the shrine and honoring the game, and I've gotten really tired of inducting people because there's so See, many I'm discussions. The opposite. I want to honor it the game. It shouldn't be this sacred ground. Like a guy like to me, Billy Wagner is a Hall of Famer. Mm. Oh, so you really no. open it up? Yeah, I See, would, I'm just tired if, of all. If the broadcasters had a ballot, I would almost every year check the maximum ten names. I really, and some yes. people do that. You just want not to be alone. a hall of guys, just a hall of yeah, baseball you, players, dude. How many guys do you want to put in? I mean, it depends. I mean, like Bonds is a hall of famer, but the conversation is also. I would vote for Bonds. Very, this yeah, is I your participation ribbon. This is the Hall of Fame, dude. Billy Wagner would have my vote. I need to do a deeper dive on Scott Rowland, but you could maybe sell me on Scott Rowland. You could maybe sell me on Todd Helton. I'm telling you, I mean, minimum Wagner, Bonds, Clemens. I would have voted for Walker. Let's see. Jeter had my vote. You can talk all you want around me about him being overrated. He's a Hall of Famer. No, he's a Hall of Famer. Oh, yeah. He is a Hall of Famer. I just it, is slightly he, overrated. Is he a first ballot 100% Hall of Famer? That's my question. 100%? Um, I mean, he came close. He I mean, clearly, why does it matter? What, he lost you're either a Hall of Famer or you're not a Hall of Famer. He's this, a Hall of Famer. The debate of whether or no, not... No, but Willie should, Mays was not. He wasn't I, unanimous? What year? No, because... No, uh, like 1978. Mariano Rivera, Rivera yeah. was the first, first right? ever. Yeah. I agree with this. Doogie. Is a great discussion when we when we're splitting hairs about whether or not a guy should be unanimous or great if he discussion. should be first ballot. It's all kind of who. Ca- it's all pointless and who cares? Ultimately, 
Are you a Hall of Famer? Do you deserve to be in the Hall of Fame? If you are, give the guy a yes vote. And if not, then no. And I'm okay with the disagreement and where we set that bar, like Doogie and I seem to have. I just, I can't, I, I can't get down with the Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds but you don't, of the world getting. But you, you would keep more guys out just on merit alone. On merit. Yeah, Larry Walker Forget is not cheating. a Hall of Famer. Omar yeah, so that's where you is and not I a Hall of Famer. I think Larry right. Walker is, but I see what Rami's saying, but I think that Larry Walker is. I used to think he wasn't, and then I went back and started to look. He gets dinged for playing in Colorado, but he was a great player, and he was also a great player in Montreal. Real quick, and I know we got to get to a break, and Josh Arnold is on hold for you, Judd. How much do we think this Astros cheating scandal and whoever else ends up getting caught up in it? Because we know the Red Sox, the hammer's about to be dropped on them. At least we think so eventually. How much do you think that affects the Hall of Fame chances of some of the guys involved in that? I mean, Carlos Beltran, mm. arguably... Had a Hall of Fame career. Bregman was on his way there. Altuve was on his way there. Mm-hmm. They got guys who were on their way to Hall of Fame careers. Do you think this comes up 20 years from now or whenever it is that we're having this discussion about those players? Short answer is yes. Do to you? what extent, to what degree, I don't know. Do you think it holds But the, it absolutely comes do, up. Do you think, Dukes, that it holds the same weight as the PED steroid discussion does? Because I don't think it does. I think it comes Probably up. Probably not. I, I mean, don't one could argue it should, and maybe even more so. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. If Al, if but. My feeling is to answer your question, no. If Jose Altuve starting in 2020 hits a buck 25, he's not in. If he hits 375 in 2020, 325 in 2021, and 350 in 2022, he's fine because the people who vote are all going to say, look at what he did after. Correct. That's a good point. So I think that's the only thing is if he falls off the cliff now, or if you do, if you're Bragman, you're done. Today brings us one year closer to the debate of Joe Mauer. First ballot Hall of Famer? I don't, heck, Hall of Famer at all? Yes, I think, I think he is. He is, but he's not a first ballot guy. Probably. Definitely not a first ballot, but yeah, I mean, that's he's a Hall of Fame catcher. So we're, we're one year closer to that debate. I don't think there's any debate that he's a Hall of Fame catcher. That's Darren Doogie Wolfson. So Check out that. the scoop at scorenorth.com and the score north. Happy app. birthday, too, Dukes. Oh, happy birthday. I didn't Thank know you. It was your birthday. Yes. A, man, a man nicknamed Doogie is 40. I feel extremely old. Will you I'm be, a man. Will you be? Right? <laughs> Cube the Mike Gundy <laughs> Will you be in again for me on Score North Live Thursday when I'm doing Purple Daily? No, you know what? Actually, this is fun. On Thursday, I am bonding at that same time with Willie Burton. Oh. Whose jersey is going up into the rafters of Williams Arena. Long overdue, although they have that policy where you need to go back to school and get your degree, and he didn't have his degree. Well, he got his degree like five, six years ago, so I don't know what took so long. But anyway, do you remember I'm the catching mask? up with Willie Burton, so no, somebody else is in for Do you remember the mask? When I do. Burton yes. broke his nose yes. and wore the, the mask. It was great. Mm-hmm. Doogie, always appreciate it. Right, thanks, guys. Cram session coming up next.